thank you, Belinda, for joining Steph and I <laughs> on the design plug. I really appreciate it. I've been waiting all week for this one. So uh, glad to have you on. Oh, thank you. Me too. I'm excited. And I took the happy hour literally. So hey. oh, you got a little wine. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Get my bottle of water. <laughs> We're good. We're good. So before we dive into her UX journey, I do want to tell you at least like how I came across Belinda because I came across her work first. In 2019, I read an article about how there was a person who created the first ever four-year high school level UX design pathway in the US. And it was at a school called Cass Tech in San Antonio. And I read the shit. I was like, yeah, this is the future. Like, this is what I'm trying to do. Somebody's already doing it. Wow. That's cool as shit. Fast forward a little bit into 2020. I listened to an episode of UX of EdTech with Alicia Kwan. Belinda was on. And I was like, wait, hold up. That sounds like the lady I read about in 2019. Yeah. She connected me and we met. I'm like, that is you. That is you. Wow. So that's enough of me fanboying it out. But this is the future here. She knows what the hell she's doing. So thank you. And, uh, you know, can you dive a little bit into your UX journey? It's crazy. Like, and then when you showed me the articles, like, oh my gosh, that is me. So, uh, so I had been teaching for about 10 years. I became a teacher, like through the alternative certification route. So got my degree in musical theater and I was like, oh, a real job. So I worked for corporate America <laughs> at AT&T for a little bit. And then um, moved from Indiana down to Texas and I sought the alternative certification teaching and realized to make myself marketable, I needed to get my master's in technology. So I got a degree in educational technology and I had been teaching everything from multimedia, digital graphic design. Um, and I kind of got a start of it when I was a photographer in the Navy because we had to learn everything from the basics all the way to digital. So I was comfortable with learning that. And then my teaching career took me into teaching debate and speech and theater finally, which it was crazy because I got to teach theater and I was like, no, this is too much drama at the high school level. I don't yeah. want to teach theater. <laughs> yeah. The irony. <laughs> exactly. And um, it was, you know, I was at different school districts teaching high school and I loved it, but I wanted to do more. And I was about to leave teaching and I mm. saw Cast Tech was opening up in San Antonio Independent School District. And the new superintendent, he was trying to change things around because it's a Title I school district and not a lot of great press or helpful students there. So I thought I could be part of the solution. And what was great, it was a new charter school with a public mm -hmm. school where they partnered with um, industries that are booming or growing in San Antonio. And what they mm -hmm. wanted to do was help high school students to get high paying careers right out of high school. They would have an internship their junior yep. and senior year. And then we would help them get the certifications they need. So um, the CAST network decided mm -hmm. to start with the technology industry first. And I saw that and I saw HEB was sponsoring um, Rackspace, USAA, co-op here in San Antonio called Geekdom. I applied. It was actually the most daunting interview process for a teacher, which I love because I felt like it kind of right. weeded out the teachers that didn't want to put all the work in. I had my interview with eight people. Some of them were from 
local tech industries and then of course a principal and stuff. And I got hired to be a master teacher of digital mm -hmm. media. I was teaching my first year and I did project-based learning. We did some great stuff for the community. We had just gotten off a great project where we um, designed vector coloring books for the Children's Hospital mm -hmm. of San Antonio to teach them Photoshop. And I was like, let's do digital vision boards. But I took them before they just put pictures. Mm -hmm. I wanted to take them through the journey of like, what do you think life is going to be like when you're 25? So we were looking at where they would want to live and how much money they would need. And then once we decided how much of a salary they would need, what are the careers like? And right. we went to glassdoor.com and indeed.com. Mm -hmm. And one of my students, and I always mention his name, his name is Jason Salazar. He was like, um, I was looking at graphic design and web design stuff that I was teaching. And he's like, hey, what is this UX designer? They like start at 65,000. And I was like, hmm, I've never heard of that. I was like, reading through it, I was like, let me, you know, research this. And this was right before uh, Christmas mm -hmm. and New Year's. And as soon as I read it, and I was researching more, I said, this is where the field is heading. It's already heading that way. And this is what we need to do to make our students more marketable. I mean, there's a huge Latino population here and Latinos are very creative. They can draw, they can do art. You know, it's like, I didn't want my students to start off at 35,000 as a graphic designer. So I put together a proposal, pitched it to my principal. I learned that in my early days, like don't come to your boss or somebody without a plan. I was like, this is what we need to do. And at the school, we had someone called a partnership director. Well, no ever high school ever had that. And basically as a career and technology teacher, I had to go out and find like my professionals that I would have to talk to, to help me, to help mm -hmm. my students in the field. But this partnership director did all that for me. He reached out to USAA, took me up with um, the head UX designers there. And they mm -hmm. came in to do a workshop because we were like, would the high school kids be able to yeah. get this? Mm -hmm. Would they like it? And it was like 30 kids, which was a lot, but they loved it. We were like, let's do this. I had never heard of UX, so I had to do, I had to teach myself, but I got together a board of, a UX board of professionals. It was the two head designers from USAA and UX researcher at Rackspace, and then the UX designers at a tech company here called Jungle Disk. They're the ones who kind of, we got together, we did design thinking, mm -hmm. what we need to be taught in a high school course. And then they became my mentors and they started teaching me. In the state of Texas, we have to, you have to submit something called the Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills basically the TEKS, which tells the teacher, this is what you need to teach. And I did a proposal, wrote out all of the TEKS, and I did that in November, and that was 27, 2018, and it got finally got approved in May of 2018. So 2019, we taught the first freshman class wow. on foundations of user experience design. Yeah. So it's been almost three years? So this is the second year. The first year I taught them, even when I was teaching digital design, I was teaching mm -hmm. UX aspects as I learned. And then not only are they teaching foundations of UX now, but mm -hmm. then I wrote the follow-up course, which is um, advanced user experience design. That's, that's crazy. It's like these mm -hmm. kids are starting in high school. Yeah. yeah. They have such yeah. an advantage, such an advantage. Mm -hmm. so that was a long story. But no, it's great. <laughs> 
kudos to you to get in that installed there because people like myself, we were thinking like, hey, this should be implemented. And so to see someone actually do it, it's really inspiring. But since that time, what have the results been by your estimation? So with anything new, Mm -hmm. it's very difficult to get people on board, but I struggled with understanding UX design. So trying to get Mm -hmm. other people to understand it was a challenge. So I realized I had to teach the kids, um, you know, just basically how to get people to understand it in a simple matter. Because a lot of people were like, oh, it's web design. I'm like, well, no, it's psychology. Web design could be a part of it. And they're like, oh, it's mobile app design. Well, that could be a part of it. So educating the public. But once um, professionals started hearing about this, then it seemed like I got a lot of UX designers on board that were helping us. I'll be honest, because they're high school kids, not all of the students realized the magnitude of what was going on, but the ones that did, they were the ones who these UX professionals reached out to and Mm. they became like a conduit to get to the community. There's still a struggle with getting teachers at other schools to want to teach it. Um, I know Mm -hmm. Austin, there was a teacher of the year who reached out to me because IBM was starting a tech school there and they wanted to teach UX. And she was trying to find other high schools that taught it connected with me and we were trying to get it going but um COVID hit you know trying to get teachers to wrap their heads around teaching something new something different and then a lot of them never taught online so um i think there was just a a blip not even a low but a little blip and i think Mm -hmm. it's gonna catch up um definitely 2021 so was that one of the reasons why some of the schools that you approached, they didn't want to necessarily engage because they weren't very familiar with it? Right. The familiarity. I had to go out and sell it quite a bit. And they were like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. And then having the teachers that are willing to learn something brand new. I, I had to teach myself. Um, mm-hmm. They don't have time to go to a college class or the funds to take course to teach that that's been the struggle and then because I wanted to make a bigger impact I saw what a teacher can do Mm -hmm. I decided to leave the classroom in it was July I started a new position in ed tech I saw that that could be a field where I could get the message out and say look at what we started at Cast Tech in San Antonio and it can be done um, so and that's how like I got connected with um, Everett and Alicia Kwan, who did the, the UX of EdTech. Um, so there's been interest. Teachers, um, I would say about three teachers reached out to me on LinkedIn. That's been kind of the, my channel to get to as many teachers. And it starts with them just asking questions because I know it's scary. What are the barriers are there for teachers transitioning or at least learning how to teach UX? Because it's my understanding, teachers have to pay for a lot of their own training material or training courses, right? So would this just be, would this be another cost that they have to add on? Yeah, um, usually, so I know a lot of people are like, oh, I wanna be a teacher, they get summers off. No, they usually have to do professional development mm-hmm. during the summer, they have a certain amount of hours. And most of the, uh, our surface level, they're done in group settings. Um, mm-hmm. It could be like a week long and those costs up to like $500, which could be a lot yeah. more. And then you add like hotel and all that stuff. So 
I think it's the cost, but I would, I'm going to say something which probably a lot of people disagree with me, but I mm-hmm. think it's more of the younger teachers that yeah. are willing to take that leap and who can really wrap their head around the complexity of yeah. UX design. And so, yeah, so trying to find willing teachers who want to do that, they have to get training on classroom management. They have to get training on how to deal with, um, now with student mental health, um, with parents. So it's like yeah, teaching is it's a different. Lot. It is. Then you get the teachers that are like, they see it's for the kids. It's for the good of the community. And mm-hmm. I think those are the ones that are going to. I mean, as a teacher for 13 years, I've seen so many things. I'm I'm mid 40s, and I took this on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen a first year teacher who t- took on amazing things and made a big difference, and then I've seen teachers who worked 25 years and um, yeah. they were not really effective. Um, but I think the younger teachers are the ones that understand um, that things change really quickly. They're the ones that were okay when COVID hit, and they said, "Okay, I could do." online teaching and they understand yeah. the concept around mm-hmm. the digital world a little mm-hmm. bit better yeah the young person but i just tend to see you know they they speak the lingo that mm-hmm. yeah that's what and i'm sure it's like they're the people that use technology a lot more too right so like they're more like they use twitter and facebook and all these digital mobile apps so like they're probably more in tune with like you know, technology in itself. So I'm, I'm guessing like maybe some of the older teachers, it might be something that maybe they're afraid of or afraid to learn, or it's maybe they think it's too hard to learn or, you know, some of those things might be some of the reasons also. Yeah. Having, you know, been a teacher and then working with UX designers, when it comes to like building curriculums and lesson plans and things like that, what do you think are, is missing from like boot camps? Mm, great question yeah i i never really attended a boot camp but i looked at their curriculum when i was trying to create mine and then when i sat down with the professionals on the ux board Mm -hmm. we were kind of looking at those and one thing that i heard them say and let me preface this by saying i had what is known as imposter syndrome right away when i went into working with ux professionals and I think that field, those designers were so welcoming. They were so warming to me that they made me feel like it's okay if you don't understand. It's okay if you don't fail. So yeah. um, I realized, oh my gosh, UX is about trying, failing, picking yourself up again. And yeah. um, so I think um, what we were noticing was the tools. Mm-hmm. Um because we were trying to decide what should we put in the teaks? Should it be Adobe XD? Should it be Figma? Should it be Sketch? I think just changing the wording that if you know these programs, anywhere you go, whatever they use, you'll be able to catch it, catch on. Right. That was one thing. Um, one thing I've heard is that the projects also, um, instead of starting fresh each boot camp, they tended to seem to be the same. At the high school level, as a teacher, Project-based learning is difficult. Um, I'll be honest, it's, I, I was a little burnt out because <laughs> yeah. you want to give students the most meaningful, real-life project to work on. Yep. And I know for some boot camps, 
um, it might not be, you might not have companies that want, are willing to have students work on things. Um, right. So that's one thing that we found, one thing that we looked at. Um, and the psychology part, that tended to be um, different boot camps we looked at. They had very little, and but it sometimes it seemed very UI heavy and, you know, more of looking into, you know, who the user really is and that empathy piece. That's a little bit of what I found. What about the cost? I know some of these boot camps are pretty expensive <laughs> and that might be something yeah. that kind of deters some people from wanting to actually, like they want to learn UX, but they don't know how to learn it. And then when they hear about boot camps and they go and, you know, to their websites and then they see it's $15,000. I mean, if you're coming from a place that where you don't have a lot of money, that's not really even right. an option. Right. Yeah. Right. That's a big deterrent. And I mean, I got my principal certification and that was about six or 7,000. So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, I should go back to school and just get a master's, you know? So mm -hmm. the cost, yeah. I guess I really don't understand the cost for some of them, you know? Yeah. So it would be interesting to see some of these boot camps where the cost actually is allocated towards. That, uh, that is something because I tell you, like, you know, obviously with, with UXD Academy, you know, I have to look at competitors and whatever people are doing, but I just think they are really taking a lot of people's money. You know, I've even heard, of boot camps that you know the big players like they don't do workshops with in the in the fully immersive quote course what do you mean you don't do a workshops like so they're just powerpoints and then you're good to go like no you have to work through you have to get your hands dirty in this shit right what do you mean so it, that type of shit but you're charging an arm and a leg 15 grand come on like and higher in some cases Oh yeah, and I will let you know. I, I'd never attended a boot camp, but um, mm -hmm. the school I or taught at, they were so different. So I don't want teachers to think, "Oh, this is the norm," or anyone to think it's more. Yeah. Um, so, in my research, I found Nielsen Norman Group and the Charter School Network, the Cast Network, sent me to one of their conferences. It was about five thousand dollars for a week, and wow. wow was to help me to understand what I'm teaching and yeah. to, to be able to design. Um, I, they had a lot of PowerPoints. I will let you know, and I, I hate PowerPoints as a teacher. That's one thing I tried my best not to do is PowerPoints, but they had the workshop. It was all hands-on. I mean, that was expensive. They're yeah, they can't lucky. afford that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's interesting. And to your knowledge, is there a program that is designed specifically for instructors or teachers, how to administer a UX course? Have you seen any of that before? I haven't found anything. Um, however, I was lucky to, um, I was doing some contract work with another company that's trying yeah. to create this for younger kids and they had me doing the lesson plans. Um, and they had hired a UX designer to create lesson plans. And I saw it and I said, I'm sorry, but that's called pedagogy. That's what we go to school for, or a lot of yeah. training, the mm -hmm. art of teaching. So it's like teaching UX design, you're gonna have to put together pedagogy with mm -hmm. 
Correct. And then now I'm seeing there's customer experience design. There's learning experience design. I'm like, is this experience design that we focus <laughs> on? Um, but what I found, um, I was able to do um, two workshops to try to teach teachers how to teach UX. Yeah. And um, with the state of Texas, and I focused on the design thinking, which I know, you know, D school and Stanford does that hands-on method. Yeah. And, uh, but this, I had students that came with me to the, it's called the TCEA conference and it's for mm-hmm. um, technology teacher education here. And I said, my three students are going to teach with me when teachers came in, they bought their laptops and I said, okay, this is not going to be a sit and get. And have you ever heard that term? Uh-huh. Nah. For training, you just sit down and you just listen, you look at PowerPoints and nothing. And I said, we're going to be doing hands-on stuff. And we did like some affinity diagramming and stuff like yeah. that. And I actually had two teachers that got up and left the room and my students were like, oh my gosh, and they're teachers and they didn't want to do that. <laughs> but then the teachers expect the students to be yeah, active. To I found just doing workshops it was the best. And then when I started teaching it, yeah. I tried to do workshops instead of like planning for an hour um, for my class. I was looking at, at like a two day or three day workshop or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. So you, you were saying that you were teaching workshops. Was that to other instructors? Yes. I was trying to get other teachers to mm-hmm. be excited about UX and mm-hmm. want to teach them, but I had to teach them what it was. Mm-hmm. And then how it's basis around design thinking and then how they can implement things. But these were like hour long workshops. I didn't get too much, but that's where I got teachers reach out to me and they were like, I would really love to do this, but I don't know how, cause then you have to convince the district, the school, the principal, yeah. and then the teacher who's willing to teach it. Yeah. Gotcha. It sounds like a lot of politics a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it can be done. And I know that there's teachers out there and, like, even though I'm not teaching anymore, I still believe in what our students should be learning. And I hate to say this, but it's one good thing that came out of COVID. Yeah. I think that they're really taking a hard look at education and they're going to see, oh, Texas already has this implemented. So it might yeah. be easier for other states to adopt it. Fingers crossed, definitely, and 100% agree. And this is exactly why I'm tailoring my curriculum after the standards that you created. I mean, why not? Because that's the best way to ensure that, you know, we have some sort of consistency, at least, because, you know, that's one of the things, too, about this industry. It's just, you know, there's there's a lot of renaming, reclassifying, relabeling, yeah. and all that sort of thing. It, it's starting to so feel like confusing. Android and all these disconnected operating systems. It's like, can we get to like Apple where it's iOS and we just approve it? And that way right. it's a consistency. But, you know, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on that. Well, being a career in technology education teacher, that's something that everything that we've taught from computer science to maybe agricultural science. It's Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, if one school teaches it and then a kid transfers, let's say from Dallas, they transfer to San Antonio and they're like, Uh hmm, Mm -hmm. well, I'm I'm learning something different. Even though they have the teaks, you always have teachers that are teaching it a different way or or not fully teaching everything that's that's on there. So that's just, I think, um, professional competency or mm-hmm. you know but I like how you said getting everybody on the same page and um, I think it's just with technology and because technology changes so quickly yeah. they're gonna have to be 
redid because I was like, ah, I don't know what to do. I'm trying my best. Got the UX board. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There needs to be some sort of standard. Yeah. I agree. So you've taught or been involved in ed tech that has taught a wide range of ages. What would you say is like the best pedagogical approach that can span across all those ages? So um, for me, it was um, project-based learning. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think when a lot of people hear project-based learning, um, mm -hmm. they think, oh yeah, you're making a poster with glitter, you know, and you got pictures. Yeah. Like, <laughs> projects. There's something yeah. that you can create a portfolio. Yeah. And I'm thinking teaching, like I, to me, the portfolio is key, not only because it could help you get a career in UX design and a myriad of, of other right. professions, mm -hmm. but because I don't think quizzes and tests really show what a person can learn, but if they keep a portfolio of here's where I started, yeah. here's where I ended up, and they're okay to show that journey of learning, yeah. that is phenomenal. So I'm, I'm a big champion for getting rid of yeah. tests. Like there's a, um, a lot of educators know Rick Wormley he has tried his best to tell schools and teachers, get rid of all of that. And um, yeah. I was at a district where they brought him in to speak mm -hmm. and we were like, yes, we're all on board. And then our principal was like, oh man, he was great, but we still have to turn in tests and grades and numbers. So yeah. it's like, why did you, you know, get us all excited about it? <laughs> You know, my sister was a teacher, so she used to tell me about, you know, the school system. And I just, you know, it's just really kind of frustrating how, you know, things are being taught to our children. And um, I'm interested to know, like, you know how they introduce computer science and maybe a little bit of web development um, at an early age, sometimes middle school. What do you think about having that implemented like in, a, in middle school or even like elementary school? Would you think that's something that could be like eventually brought to scale for so for ux design um mm -hmm. like i said i was contracted with a company out of london called digital influx mm -hmm. um, and they are create we we were working on creating something for um as young as eight years old wow that's early they were working on it um they were doing user testing mm -hmm. and um what makes it difficult is a lot of teachers who don't know this stuff they're getting bombarded with ed tech because you yeah. have companies that are saying, we'll teach, we'll teach, but then it's just, you know, the kids are thrown on the computer mm -hmm. and then that's it. And I think that's where digital influx, um, and I let them know that's what they need to avoid. And I was trying to make the lesson plans, project-based learning and individualized learning, also known right. as personalized. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it can be done. I'll be honest for the little ones, um, I think it, um, in San Antonio, they have like technology classes, like music, mm -hmm. art, and then they have technology at the elementary, mm -hmm. but it could be in summer camps. Um, I think that's a great way to um, introduce it. And then middle school, it should definitely be taught. I'm actually doing a UX club for a private school here in San Antonio. And the principal heard of UX and mm -hmm. reached out and somebody knew, somebody that knew me and, mm -hmm. I would do it. So the buzz is out there and she just went, would my students like it? I'll be honest. Um, we only have like three students 
but mm -hmm. they've been with us in September and mm -hmm. we're working on a real life project. Mm, so wow. That's dope. Interested because it's a hard sell. I mean, I'm not a salesperson, but I'm mm -hmm. like, hey, you got this, you got that. And, yeah. you know, I try to show our portfolio. But yeah, definitely um, elementary school. I think it's, like I said, summer school, summer camps, maybe a weekend thing, um, mm -hmm. a program. But teachers have to be hands on too when mm -hmm. students use ed tech. That's where the hard part comes in. Yeah, I really believe like the earlier, the better, because like all these kids are using these digital, like, you know, these tech platforms, Snapchat, Amazon, you know, Apple. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm sure like a lot of them don't know, like you can actually make this like you don't have to just use it. You can actually create this type of stuff. And I, I really wish that stuff was really pushed a lot earlier on in or, some of these kids uh, lives. So, yeah, even what I think educate. Um, in elementary school, if you can start mm -hmm. um, putting in the design thinking method. When I saw that, like teachers were taught all these different methods and I was like, this makes sense. Maybe because I'm a creative person and I started teaching my class with the design thinking method. So I yeah. used it in a different way. And I'm like, so if the young ones can learn that and then apply it to mobile app development or um, mm -hmm. and something that teachers could think about teachers should be paid more. Like, I just know Way how more. hard it is. Like, I sat in a Way class more, with like these kids, like, I, and I'm talking like, go off the walls and shit. And then like, the teacher is, she's the only one, he's the only one, they're the only one in there watching and trying to contain this shit. Like, this shit is hard. So I'm like, yeah. where can we get teachers more money? And I think with UX, I think that is a pathway for me personally, I think, that's where I think a lot of people um, have taken the term like learning experience designer instead of mm -hmm. like teacher. They're shaping your child's learning experience at the end of the day. That is a skill. Like not everybody can do that shit. And I feel like you definitely need to get paid more to do that type of shit. Um, obviously you would agree, but you know, why do you think teachers just aren't paid very much? Well, um, I mean, it all comes down to how the funds are allocated. I was lucky because at CAST Network, San Antonio School District, the new superintendent was trying to change things. And he came up with this program, the Master Teacher Program, which it was an additional stipend of $15,000 to a teacher. You're like, wow, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. But then again, that meant it's kind of like you have extra hours. But yeah. teachers are already putting in those extra hours. So for mm -hmm. those of us, we're master teachers. We're like, eh, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. It was a little, more, but it was more paperwork, and that's where it's like, yeah, you know, why should we have to do this to validate? But it's, you know, yeah. the state needed, you know, validation. But I really think, and I've been thinking about this quite a bit. Um, if we get more of the industries involved in education, like yes. how Cast Network has a partnership of public school and a charter school with these mm -hmm. huge companies, you know, and then the debate's always going to be there. How do you pay teachers more? And yeah. it's always like um, the core courses, the English, the math, the science. Mm -hmm. And that's what I loved about teaching at CAST because we were all important. Um, even the Spanish teacher, because mm -hmm. we're so close to the border, we mm -hmm. can create 
um, UX designers that can speak both languages mm-hmm. and even mm-hmm. more marketable. So having an, an industry board tell our principal that, I think that guided. So. Yeah. Let me ask you this. For me, I know I notice as a black person that it is extremely hard to try and get us to see the value in this. Now, I'm I could say that over the past two years, though, that has shifted quite a bit. People I've been seeing more and more of us, you know, take an interest of it, but it's still really hard to convince us to really see the value. Do you see that among your community at all? So being Latina, I'm half Puerto Rican and Mexican, and I grew up by Chicago, by Gary, mm-hmm. Indiana. So yeah. I saw, like, I, I was lucky I had parents that were active in the Hispanic yeah. community, and they told me, you know, um, you can do it. I was always that one Hispanic kid in my class, and yeah. so I had that, that, like, whatever I want to do, I can do that. And lucky where I was at, it's San Antonio's mm-hmm. majority Hispanic. So yeah. Um, I think having mentors that look like you. Yes. Mm. You, That's important. Yeah, yeah. Here's how I did it. Um, I'm going to be honest. I, um, and I was telling Everett, I was going to school musical theater. I thought I was going to be on Broadway um, before that. And I know a lot of people have these stories like, you know, I thought, okay, I'm one of the few Latinas in my community. Why well, need to hang around with, you know, Latinos? And unfortunately, the Latinos in my community were part of the Latin King. So yeah. I was hanging around. People I shouldn't have when I was 15. And when students hear that, and then they're like, oh, and then you wanted a career to sing and dance. And then you ended up in technology and you're a teacher. Yeah. And then, you know, one question leads to another. And I'm like, you know, I'm 45 and I'm like still dreaming and say, why not? Right. You need more of color and not just color but gender also right gender spectrum because um these kids are i think they're feeling more emboldened with yeah. technology and social media but then i think they're even more scared and they see mm-hmm. everything that's out there too but yeah we need more mentors that's facts like when i met every like before i landed my first job um it was actually really interesting because he looked just like me, dreads, tattoos, you know what I'm saying? And when I saw, and we had some conversations about like him landing his first job, it just made me more motivated and made me realize it was possible to like, because I don't have any background in design or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So it made me realize like, this is possible just because I spoke with someone personally that looked like me and spoke like me. So I really appreciate you bringing up that point because it, that does make a big difference. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I love it. Cause the kids at Cast tech that started on that journey, when that student asked that question, now they're seniors and they have internships. And um, right. for example, I had um, two students that are working with a cyber uh, it's called cyber Texas internship here in San Antonio. And they came and spoke to my students that I'm mentoring at the mm-hmm. private school and they're so confident. Mm-hmm. And when I first met them as freshmen, and this may be bad, but they're not Caucasian. So they're like, yeah. I don't think they realize the color of their skin or their gender when they've had three years of walking down that path with me and talking about it and going teaching teachers. Mm-hmm. Then they start getting that confidence like, oh, yeah. I can do this. And they forget yeah. their last name or what they 
see in the mirror and they're like, I'm freaking awesome. So that's, yeah. that's awesome. I'm sure whenever it looks at you, it's like, oh yeah. Man. <laughs> Man <no. laughs> it is, it is really cool. Cause I, like for me, you know, I didn't have anybody that looked like me show me anything. And so that was one of the things I said, no, I'm going to make sure people who look like me know that this is out here. So when I found out like the role of a scrum master, how much like the scrum master was getting paid in my, at my job, I'm like, he's getting, wait, whoa, 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 he's getting paid more than me, but they're not, they're not doing the work. I'm like, wait, this is a role? <laughs> like you can do this? Like what? You know, I didn't grow up having a lot of money, came up in Inglewood and then from high school on, been living in Texas, but didn't have money. The first time <laughs> I tell this story because uh, it just shows like w how far like we have to go and getting more of us here. When I got my first six figure salary and my first, you know, what we call like the big check, like the full check of you working there for like two weeks, what is it going to look like? Right. Mm -hmm. So when I got it, I thought it was a mistake. <laughs> I thought it was a mistake. Like I thought it was a glitch or some shit. Like I was like, you know, I actually went down to HR. Okay. What's the best way to ask? Did you all put too much money in my account? He looked at me with a dead face. He was like, that's what you get paid. And I was like, okay. I just want to make sure he was like, yeah, that's, that's what you get paid. So that just goes to show we have a long way to go for that to be considered like normal or you worked hard to get here. You're not, it's yeah. not a mistake. Like we have a long way to go. And in Texas, I mean, I grew up in a very liberal area and then coming down to Texas, I'm like, what did I get myself <laughs> into? But things are getting better since I came here in 2004. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's up to the young people now to. Yeah. Yeah. After that, and so hopefully one day I'll, I'll virtually introduce you to. Um, oh yeah, there's six fabulous UX students at Cast Tech, and, and yeah. I, I like to promote them as much as possible. Well, the UXD scholarship is designed for Black and Brown high school graduates. Um, so who knows? Maybe that one of them will be in my program soon. But that I, I would like to meet them for sure. That'd be awesome. I can see that in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's next for you on your journey right now? Uh, outside, I know you got the startup coming, um, but you know, do what do you see for yourself in that startup? So, um, I I think I'm at an age where like I don't look at the past too much, and I'm like in the now and in yeah. in the future. And so, if someone comes to me with an idea, um, or if they see me in some role, I'm yeah. gonna be open-minded to it. So I don't know where it'll take me. Yeah, I think that's an exciting way to live. Like I said, I was, um, I, I do consulting now. Um, I don't know if that's gonna turn into a company saying, hey, we'd like to offer you this, but I saw a need for teachers to be supported. That's what my start heading to. It's like a, a coaching just for teachers, kind of like mm -hmm. counseling, life coaching just this covid stuff really and yeah. i want to not just mentor teachers but to empower them so that they can be trailblazers and get past that fear and school districts they don't have the means to do that and they're trying some of them are trying but with budget cuts and yeah you know, there's, so, there's so much stuff and it's like we have to take care of their teachers so 
wherever I could be part of a solution for helping students to be more marketable and ready for the future, I'm going to jump on that opportunity. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe I'll end up on Broadway when I'm 60 years old. <laughs> yeah. Hey, anything's hey. possible. Exactly. I always say, uh, "Hakuna Matata." Yeah. No worries. <laughs> your little life, so. Getting inside, you know, the minds of teachers um, to me is really important, especially as you know, an entrepreneur in this space. You know, literally trying to train people how to do this. I think, you know, if you don't at least consult a teacher or, you know, at least read upon pedagogy, I think you're doing your customers a disservice. And so, like I said, thank you for so much for really sharing, you know, your perspective and your journey. Like I said, you getting that, the UX pathway in high school, I mean, I know that shit was tough, and but you actually did it. And I'm talking to the person that did it. Yeah, so I was lucky. I, I definitely can, cannot take credit. It was a team and then I'll be honest my poor daughter like supported <laughs> me so much and you can be a trailblazer but you just have to get no you can't do it by yourself and you have to get the yeah. right team to do. That's, yeah that's facts yeah it is real well thank you so much Belinda I, uh...